Welcome back to the Nightlife Podcast, Season 3, and I have no idea what episode, one more time. <laughs> um, so we continue to hide this pandemic or this corona thing, whatever. Anyway, um, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm back. Guys, I missed you. I hope you're missing me too, but um, you're, you're not going to get rid of me. So today... I'm going to have a very, very interesting conversation uh, with somebody I just met, somebody who's in the industry, somebody who's a uh, promoter, somebody who also has his own podcast, uh, and somebody who is in one of the most affected areas, not actually not one of the most, the most affected area um, in the world from all of this. Um, so without further ado, how are you, my man? Jason Levy from uh, New York and the Jason Experience. Yes, sir, man. Uh, look, it's a pleasure to be on the show. I watched the first episode and I'll watch a couple more um, throughout. Uh, I like the how-to videos as well. So keep it up, man. Not a lot of people are tapping into the subject, so I'm glad more people are, are podcasting behind it, especially people who've actually put in the work, own nightclubs and been there every step of the way. I really right. hate when people podcast about something that they didn't like actually go through the motions. So it's cool to have people around that are talking about it, like while actually having the information. Completely, and and yeah, actually, when I, you know, I'm gonna be completely honest. When I heard that uh, there was somebody else doing a podcast that had something to do with this, I was like, let me let me listen to this. Let me, and I saw this is a younger dude. Let me figure. Let me see what this guy knows. And I started listening, yeah. and and I was impressed. I'm impressed. I I I love the vibe. First of all, you have a complete podcast voice and i'm sure they told you and that's why you got into it <laughs> uh, yeah the, the raspiness the the, the raspiness right. uh, they say i sound like zuko which is like an anime character right, um, right. i think that overall that I, I was always going to do radio so i grew up uh, in a, an orthodox house we didn't have tv so i grew up listening to the radio like steve summers and my mom was, my mom was kind of right so she's just like sean hannity rush limbaugh so i mean i kind of like learned what the power of radio was because like in the 90s that was that was the power and I, i fell in love off off the beginning so you know that's really where it came from so when i met the first radio dj that i met i told him i was like i'm booking you now but i'm telling you i'm coming for your seat like right so the podcast if you guys want to check them out it's uh industry talk yes right? sir um yep. and uh yeah no i i i love it i i, I know you interview ma mainly people from the new york you know, nightlife, correct? Yeah, I mean, we have, the whole objective was to really bridge the gap between the nightlife consumer and the nightlife goer. We felt that there was not enough professionalism brought to the game. We felt that a lot of people were um, perceiving nightlife workers as just, you know, coked up, drunk assholes that don't make money and just end up in the back, in the bottom of, of a pit that they can't get out of. Right. So we felt that, yes, there are, that we are going to touch those subjects that are taboo that people won't really touch. But let's also touch a subject that, you know, proves to the people that we are actually professionals and we do do this for a job. Right. So I thought that was really, really valid. We got feelings. We are real people. No, you know what? I That's one of the things that I got from your vibe and from the and the people that you've been interviewing and the conversations you guys have been having. Um, let, me, let me tell you a, a little backstory. I decided to write the book. Um, I wrote The Nightlife Entrepreneur. I wrote the book when I felt that the, the promoter name just, it, it was getting worse day by day. 
you know the image and the way that people saw it and what it was supposed to be and 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 that whole image and, and vibe of the you know everything you just mentioned and i was like i just gotta make sure that i put that out there somehow and let people know that there's more to us and more to what we do and and that there are some of us out there you know I'm, i've been doing this 27 years now um and never had freaking not even a cigarette in my life you know what i mean it's it's um you know and and, and i've kept away from from all this stuff due to the fact that it is my business first of all um and not only have i stayed away from it but i have made it you know a thing to keep people around me that are the same way and, and our clientele our crowd and the way that we we do you know everything we do um i also checked out a little bit about what you guys are doing as promoters you know um and and i, and I see that you know you guys are clean people and it's a good group of people and uh, you can tell the friendship there is between those that, that work together and and it's a good i time. mean i think I think it stems from what you said earlier. Like at the end of the day, when 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 the webcam came out and everybody was able to become an actor, it diminished being an actor. When the DJs came out with Serato and every every DJ got a garage band and was able to become a DJ, you know, it created really a bad structure in the market because there were so many DJs claiming to be DJs. The worst part about being, about, about the promoting is a lot of these clubs are able to sneak in and like get that one picture. So these promoters get nine pictures and live Rockwell, oh blah 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 use those nine pictures, create like a small grid, you know, get two more pictures in front of Ocean Drive and boom, they're a nice promoter. They bought a bunch of followers and they're, they're a promoter. And I think that's where really everything got fucked up because these promoters are promising things to people that's just not coming through. They're promised things, they're promising things to people and then it just doesn't come through. Then people don't believe us, the people that are actually delivering. But that also comes from the top. A lot of the times the promoters are working for people, who's working for people, who's working for people. And that chain of command in nightlife is so bad. They're so bad at communicating and articulating what you actually have to get done. You know, so right. by the time it gets down to that person, the, the the value of their words is just useless at this point. Like, just nobody values their words. Right. So how long have you been doing this? I started New York City promoting seven years, I'd say right now. Seven years deep, yeah. Started the company five years ago. Did you promote anywhere else before New York or just there? No, I said the opposite. So for me, I went to school in Maryland. So uh, I was kind of reversed. So I did some promoting in, in like my college, you know, house parties, throwing my own events, stuff like that, you know, small right. stuff. Um, and then when I got back, I actually wasn't going to do promoting. I was going to go to law. I was, um, I was interning for the Kings County Supreme Court at the time. And the person I was interning for passed away from cancer. So by the time I got back, my job was gone. So I was like, ah, I got a job at a mortgage company. I was waitering. At the same time, I did both, and then I just, you know, and I was like, all right, cool, let's let's get into this nightlife. We got, it was like luck. It was really like a lucky, but once I got into it, man, oh my God. You know, my mom, my mom was the first one. She was like, hey, listen, if you're going to do this shit, I need a business plan. I need a 10-year business plan, what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, and where's the finish line? Because I can't sit here watching throw your life away. I had a BA and someone does political science. I had my internship. Smart I woman. She, I mean, she, she didn't push you away, but she made you make it, you know. Oh, away. no. So I did. I did. I got a PowerPoint presentation. I, I had a I had a 10-phase plan, business plan, and I would have to hit my marker every single year, open the books to her. And I showed her that plan, and I followed that plan. I'm at phase five right now, and I'm pretty, pretty on point with it. So I'm glad oh. that she did that. She did that, you know. I'm really happy she did that. I was I was actually pushed the other way. Um, and it's a, it's a, the first chapter of, of the book. 
And I, I actually was pushed away, you know, by my father and by my college counselor. Uh, the two of them were against it. Um, and things changed in a way where um, my counselor's uh, son became one of my best DJs, who's still DJing all around the world. <laughs> and, uh, and my dad ended up working for the company. Uh, you know, things turned around and then they, they did well. Um, you know, and both of them are very happy about you know for what happened in the end but but at the time when i said i you know i want to throw parties i didn't even know what a club promoter was when i said that you know it, it, it didn't exist in my like in my niche you know so so it was actually house parties and and, and that kind of thing a long 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 time ago uh, we did flyers hand painted seriously yeah, in the in the in the in the windshield wipers as you guys go in the cars oh of course yeah oh let me tell you one thing we still do that oh wow you guys not street teams oh we we have street teams we have we don't you know everything we don't everything that's old school i don't i don't let go of it you know i, I make sure that uh that i still do everything every one of those things um sometimes i even do it myself i just for the fun of it, a few times, you know, just to remember back in the day when it was only me and my partners. Um, do you have partners in your in your business? No, so I mean, I started the company with me and um, Tammy, um, with my assistant at the time, and then over time, you know, she just got she's been supporting the company for so long, been in the company for so long. People come, people go at nightlife, so you really have to right. have a core group of people, you know, because right. I always I always tell the people I work with. The difference between me and somebody else is if somebody comes to work for you, you want them to be good. Right. I'll tell my promoters, like, listen, I'm telling you right now, you're not me. I'm going to be the best promoter on this team. There's not going to be another. This is, this is my shit. You want to go find someone that's going to be successful? I will help you push that. But when you work for us, you rep the brand and you work the brand. Right. This is my shit. You're never going to be a better promoter. Get that out of your head off rip. Because if you don't, then it comes to a point in time where now you owe them because mm -hmm. you haven't been paying in checks, you've been paying in clout. And I don't want that to happen. I want to make that clear, decisive distinction. Like, listen, you're here for the ride when it comes to that, but understand you're going to need your own shit. You're going to need something that you're going to actually develop and become, you know, whatever personality you want to become. But mm -hmm. if you want to rock with us on this end, that's what you have to do. So over time, I mean, she, we just got really close. You know, we've been working. She's one of the only people I trust, to be honest. And I think by next year, she'll make partners. So I'll probably partner into the business, give her equity. You know, we'll get going cool. from there. Cool, cool, cool. Um, another thing I, was, I wanted to ask you, the vibe I get from you is is the opposite from a lot of the promoters, you know, that we see out there. And, you know, one of those things is that, that, that ego, you know, you are somebody who's confident about what you're talking about. You're somebody who I know, I can tell already, you know the business you know the industry you're doing well probably like as as a company um you know besides the fact that you're doing a, a podcast and all those things and you're in new york it's some people may think oh it's it's you're there <sighs> most likely not and we'll get into that later but um but my question has to do with your company name when i first saw the jason experience i was like oh man i hope this is not somebody who's just fool himself and that is what you know what i mean uh but from everything i see i i really would lo love to hear where the name idea comes from and and you know how you feel about that and what it means yeah uh, 
number one, I mean, the thing, it's very tough for me to be cocky because I always said like, the camera will always pick up every emotion you try to hide. You can, you can try to hide the emotion, but the camera's gonna pick it up regardless. Whether you're trying to display it a certain way, it doesn't matter. So the second you get comfortable with the camera, that's when you really like understand who you are as an individual because you're playing it back and you're watching, you're watching yourself. So it humbles you, that playback really humbles you. People think when you watch yourself back, it hypes you up. Edited, sure, that one minute clip will hype you up. But when you sit for 12 hours, editing what you say, editing what you think and how you look, you'll run into a lot of insecurity. It will humble you, trust me, it will really humble you. Right. Um, so when I started the company, I was in politics. That's what I was doing, I was gonna be a US Senator. So I knew I was trying to grassroot my campaign from the beginning. I was consider I was treating the business like a campaign. So the first phase was to just get out there, meet everybody, shake hands with as many people, go from state to state, shaking hands, shaking hands. Anytime somebody bought a ticket, that was basically a contribution to the campaign. When somebody bought a table, that was a major contribution. So they got more attention based off the campaign contribution. They don't understand that that's happening, but that's essentially right. what I'm doing throughout. Right. Um, so when I'm coming up with the name, I knew I had to be the face. Like I knew no one else was able to do that because I saw all the promoters and they were so confident in the club. But then when it came to articulating what they loved or who they were as individuals, they really struggled at it. So I felt like I was one of the only, the first people to say, hey, I could do this media shit. I could do the politics back end shit. I could be in the club, sell, I could literally do everything. So from the beginning, I was like, right, I gotta create something that's proprietary to the future of my company. So that's why I put my face in the name. And it, it holds me accountable. You know, you go to Tao Group, you don't get in, and they say, oh, it's that guy who works for that. No, you, you don't get into my party, you know, it's, you know who's, it's his fault. Right. So, it, you know, and that really helps in, 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 a, in an industry where a lot of people are not held accountable. I'm held accountable 100% of the time. Right. So, so tell me a little bit about where you're going what, with this whole thing. Uh, what are, what are your plans long term? So, as I said, phase one was really, you know, just getting to know everybody, getting everybody across the board. Phase two was the bookings. I really needed to get the respect from my peers because that's just the way you get respect from them. And I needed to get respect in business. So we booked maybe like 60 artists um, in Highland Ballroom. Doc was a part of that. I did a lot of champagne Thursdays by myself. So we did like 50 to 70 artists like Travis Scott, Nicki Minaj, Fadiwa, Ben Fontana, all that. Then we did phase three, which was the radio. You know, we broke in industry talk and we bought in and we bridged the gap. So in the beginning, because we were so vulgar, I, uh, they just wanted us to chug bottles and party hard. But I knew that that wasn't sustainable. So I knew in phase three, I would have to bring them like to the table and say, hey, I'm not that guy. I'm more than that guy. Because the second that somebody walks up to you and says, hey, you see that bitch over there? That's what he thinks of you. He thinks that's what you enjoy. If you come up to me thinking that that's gonna impress me, then what does that say about the perception of me on the streets? So the show was really a way to bridge the gap between me and my, and my, and my people that came out and they say, hey, there's way more to me than this. And then phase four was the signing. I got signed to 4 a.m. and we were expanding. We're expanding to Boston, we're expanding to Philadelphia, we're expanding uh, Connecticut, Yonkers, uh, all through the middle of the United States. We're not really touching Miami or Vegas. We wanna go bridge and tunnel, bridge and tunnel. That's basically phase four, that's where we're at right now. How how do you how do you start that process of moving from one city to another? That's one question that I get a lot, a lot, and it's one thing that we stood away from also. Um, you know, in, in the long time we've been, I think now there may be more possibilities. You know, I, I mean everything is is more reachable maybe, 
you got access to, to, to information and to social media and stuff that, that makes it a lot easier. But, you know, without, without giving away your secrets, what, you know, how, how do you start really? Um, I mean, yeah, you can do it your route, which is social media marketing. You know, you put a bunch of money in social in targeting marketing and that's how you kind of build up your business. You get billboards, you get stuff like that. You buy property that's conducive to what you're trying to do. Do you partner but, with locals also or? I don't do any of that. I don't do any of that. So I, I did the Elizabeth Warren. I went door to door taking selfies, but in the club basically. So like I would come to a club, you know, sprinter deep, 15 guys. I get booked there. I come the week before I sit there on my laptop nobody with me just hanging out i'll take notes and then i'll snapchat or instagram that i'm there and then when people hit me up saying like oh you should have told me you were going to be there i would have pulled up i then write down on my paper okay fine by the way i'll be right. there next so kind of trapped them into coming it's always hitting me up so i had to leverage to charge how much i want to charge that's also a very big thing i always want to make sure that they reach out to me but it's really about grassrooting the campaign bro i went to every single club shook hands with like everybody there just gave the energy that, you know, like, hey, chop it up, chop it up. Let's go, let's go. And basically just ran a campaign, man. It's kind of wild, but that's literally what we did. I had clients buying me bottles, not coming to the party, like not showing up to the event. Like, yo, Jay, I know you need that minimum here. Just take my card, swipe, enjoy. And that'll be their contribution because they know that bigger, they know there's a bigger picture, you know, so. Right. So how long do you think you see yourself still doing this? Or being in this industry i don't know yeah i mean you just kind of adapt and you kind of just grow so like the whole objective of a promoter is a database and the database that you create you need to tap into over and over again as long as you don't let it out mature you and outgrow you if you're able to grow with your database there is limitless potential to what you can do so phase six is restaurants phase seven is artists and once i develop into that once i use all those dj connects that i had over the years to push music through them I could use all the real estate I have to push a franchise restaurant brand through, you know, there's so many other things that I could do, but in the spectrum of nightlife, I probably have three to four years left of throwing, you know, a lot of events and blah, blah, blah. Then we'll right. mitigate it down to, you know, four or five a year, five, six big ones a year. Right. But that's one of the smartest things, you know, what you're saying here about the data, it's, it, it's incredible how many promoters and how many people look at the promoters and see what they've been doing, what they, what, no matter how many years they've been doing it and they think, Oh, your, your crowd grew, you know, and that's it. Like you're done because your, your clientele is, you know, is old. They're done. Yeah. yeah they got other shit to do and they got other things they want to be doing. And, you know, so we did end up doing that accidentally. I'm not going to say that it was completely planned. It just ended up going in that direction. And, and we just started feeling things like, okay, so our people want a little more of these. And definitely the restaurants are doing, it's a better thing. I'm actually opening one next week. And then, you know, things like that. It's just, it's, um, it, it's crazy how it just took us in, in, in that direction. And, and we, thank God, realized, wow, all the data we have, it's, it's so powerful, you know, now um, we've been selling our data to, to companies and, and, you know, events and all, everything about our competition <laughs> pretty much. But um. Yeah. But it's 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 a good way of of, of of seeing it. So so you plan to stay in this industry, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, right now I got I got signed to 4AM, which is a management company. Basically, my LLC throws you know the four weekly events and then the 15 major events a year. Then for the expansion, I knew I didn't want to shop my own name around the market. That's just 
I was doing that for the last year and just negotiating in Miami, negotiating in Philly. You got to negotiate travel, expenses, all that stuff. It, it's a headache, man. So we really felt like 4AM was a great artist management company. They they, they did the Chainsmokers, they had Chachi, they have a bunch of big guys, Rick Wonder, Beat Breaker. So I was really happy to partner with them. And then when I got that, you know, now I'm able to do pop-ups almost anywhere in the state, hopefully Barcelona, hopefully Paris, Israel. So that's that's really what, what our goal is, to do pop-ups and just forget about the weeklies. We'll probably right. throw one weekly event in New York, throw pop-ups, and then throw the holiday events. All right. So going back to New York, what, um, you know, unfortunately we're going through this and, and, and you guys, you know, have had to take the worst of it pretty much. Um, I understand you got it. It's getting a little better now, <laughs> you know, whatever that may be. Um, what, what, what's the vibe? What's going on in general? First of all, as a city. Yeah. Um, it's heartbreaking, man. And, and every, and every aspect of it is heartbreaking. You know, like from sex, sex workers, not able to get contraceptives to the racial disparity with police from, you know, people being beat in the streets from from Midtown down to Soho is just packed with drug addicts. And it feels like the 80s and the 90s again. So it, it's coming to a point where like, it's not only about a state bankruptcy, it's the morale, there the, lacks energy, there lacks that sense of humanity, you know? And, and when we lose that little bit of humanity in us, there's no coming back from that. Like once, once we stop being human to each other, once we start looking at each other as predators and start looking at each other like, as food and, and it's just it's that's the energy we're getting right now you know people are staying in their houses unless they're going and you can see you know people at the beach and it looks nice looks pretty but if you're tapped in and you know what's going on it's it's bad everywhere man it's get, and it's gonna get worse so does the politician in you want you to do something about it a little bit you know it's yeah but i mean it's the opposite too like uh it's really the opposite in me like it's people have asked me like oh can we go back to work and i said i can't with a good conscience, throw a party right now. I just, I, I couldn't do it. I've spoken at funerals. I've, I've done that like before. I know what that feels like. I'm not gonna do that and then end up having to be liable for one. It's just not gonna happen um, until the state removes that liability from my back. Then I'm not gonna do it. And as a leader, as a leader, I don't get a chance to have an opinion. I don't have an opinion. You right. can't lead and have an opinion. You have to lead by what you know to be right. And what's conducive to the bigger picture that's just who you are you know you know that's it is what it is man when it comes to to nightlife and, and what's happening now what what are your thoughts what do you think is is coming what i mean there's people who talk about uh, i actually got a comment in one of my my ads for for my training um saying how can you think of training people in this industry that um 80% of the venues are going to close worldwide. I, mean, I was like I don't know where you're getting those numbers because I don't I don't think it's that crazy but but how do you feel and, and you know mainly with New York. Yeah, I mean right now a lot of small businesses close so what you have to understand is um a lot of real estate is owned by a small amount of people in New York because the rent allows you to refinance your buildings and get you more mortgages so the second that the offices all leave for telecommunicating a lot of these office spaces will be empty and therefore foreclosing on complete buildings. Aside from that, small businesses are hurting because when small businesses got their SBA loans, they're able to declare bankruptcy. And instead of using that loan to pay the payroll tax, they just leave the venue, put a lock on it, take the loan and go to wherever they need to go to do business. So a lot of those are already closed. So 
So we already saw a big hype in monopolization of New York City when it comes to nightlife. Tao, Butter, EMM Group, those are the three strongest groups. They kicked out Junebug. They're basically gone. Hopefully, Hakusan Group can come in here and make some change, but we haven't seen any any interest by them. Um, so yeah, so right now we're looking at complete mon monopolization of New York City. So you're looking at places like Soho House, places that have members-only clubs. They're gonna flourish. Places that have big, wide spaces that have food and interactive, like exhibits. Like remember when the Guggenheim uh, was our only museum that was focused on art. Now there's so many different social media art exhibits. That's more gonna be the the, the, the parties. I mean, we're not right. gonna see you know avenue crammed into a room partying. But then again, if we find a vaccine, the scariest part about it is, will they make you take the vaccine? Will they make you show immunization record before you come into the venue? That's a right. conversation that the mayor of Nightlife here has been talking about, that I've been talking about, that I've raised this issue multiple times. It's going to be the biggest issue because at the end of the day, whose life is at risk and who gets to say who's, who's, what's that life is worth? So right. I, that's just where we're at. What about time? What do you, what do you think? What's your, the, you know, what's your it's feeling? Like, in terms said, of June 15, they lift the lockdown. We go into phase one. August, uh, by August, we're in phase three, which is the gyms opening up and nightclubs at 50%. By September and the holiday season, we might go into like 60, 70% capacity if we don't hit a second wave. Right. Now, again, people talk about temperatures and stuff like that. Temperature checks don't really help because if you take three Tylenols, you just duck the check right away. It will put your fever down. So, right. Again, when, when really thinking about how to reopen, understand the complications. A place like Las Vegas is living off the gaming commission. The gaming commission runs Las Vegas. The casinos didn't even have locks to close their doors. They had to go buy locks to close their doors during this event. So if you don't have the ASD convention, if you don't have the Amazon convention in Las Vegas, and you don't have the tourism, which is already down by 30%, the conventions don't come back. If the conventions never come back to Vegas, it's over. It's over. They, they don't have a club under 2,000 people. They don't have small venues. So yeah, I have a few. I have a few um, students in in Vegas that are actually moving to Miami already. Yeah, and, and I mean, uh, from hearing you, I, I can tell the, the, the big difference over here. There's people talking about, oh, it's not going to come back. It's not going to be the same. I'm like, no, it's just. I mean, we need time. But over here, it's not nothing compared to what you guys are going through and living. You know, it's it's crazy. And a I, lot of promoters. A lot of New York promoters are Miami now. I'd say right. like 50 to 60 already jump ships right. Miami. And, and that's another thing that I've been telling people. It's right now, that's one of the things. The big cities that are affected, some people, you know, promoters, talking about promoters specifically, they're going to be jumping shift to, to the other larger ones that, that have a nightlife that, you know, caters to their niche, you know, um, and, and has more possibilities of opening sooner. You know, we're still here at phase one also. Well, but I think... Let's 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 be honest. Florida is Florida. Florida's a Republican state, owned, ran by a Republican governor. So if you're mm -hmm. going, if you're looking to make a move, looking to make the right move, you know what I mean. And you're probably pro NRA, you're probably pro capitalism, you're probably pro all those issues. You're gonna move to Miami. Essentially, the funniest part about Miami is it's also the best place that the revolution will begin. Because we know no matter what happens, at some point when nightlife closes, there's gonna be that rebellion of you know rebellion promoters throwing those underground events and miami is probably the best place in the entire world for that because we know that they're going to be overlooking those events when specific people throw them because right. you're not knocked down on actors houses you're not going to knock down on you know people who have political ties and those type of people you're not going to knock into these, these mansions they're going to right. throw parties 
yeah so those, those, those those conversations have already even started that's that's over here is is it's not even you know there's no possibility whatsoever that, that it's gonna stop i mean just let's look for example um there was some djs for example doing i think it was david Guetta that did a live from from one of the buildings in the brickle area in miami downtown and it was you know overlooking the buildings i don't know if you saw some of those uh, events but they were basically playing towards the buildings and people would come out on the balcony and i mean those every building and not every apartment but but it was crazy how there was no respect whatsoever for the rules or for any you know anything of the social distancing and anything anything whatsoever um and people didn't care this was you know it's 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 an it was an event you know for collecting money for coronavirus victims and stuff like that but, but let's say let's say it is in the power of the person right then we as owners have to give a liability form before anybody comes to the room everybody's happy everybody parties right that's that's right. basically our goal that's where we want to be at we want to be at a place where before you get to an event you you accept the terms box and conditions you come inside, owner's not liable, you're not liable as a promoter, everybody wins. People stop, you know, creating management companies as buffers so that they don't get sued. We can get rid of that, you know, little loophole that people do. And yeah, I mean, it could work. But again, at the end of the day, it's just completely immoral. It just makes no sense that people aren't even saying that out loud. But it's right. true. It's fucked up. Right. It's fucked up. And, and over here, for example, it's there's also that political issue that you mentioned the fact that it's a republican you know state and there's people here that rather say there is no corona you know the beaches are full or packed it's just it's it's crazy you know um i got i've also um you know had friends parents that passed you know from new york mainly you know honestly here in Miami, I only had a few friends that that, uh, that were affected, but in but mostly, it has been from New York. Even though I'm, you know, we're here because it's just so big the, the the difference from what you guys are going through. Um, but anyway, um, bro, I'm I'm you know I'm I'm glad we had this conversation. You 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 definitely know your your thing. <laughs> you 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 know what you're doing. You know where you're going and. and and I have a feeling it's you're gonna be around for a while. Um, so, so we'll see. say it again. We'll see how it all goes. I don't, oh, have a book. I don't have a book yet. Hey, you know that's one of the first things I I, I say in that book is I I hope more people, you know that that read it get the idea to actually go in that route. You're doing the podcast, which is a good thing. You're you know and and. I wrote the book to leave a legacy and to to leave something behind that that spoke good about our, our industry and about you know what we we've been doing for so long. But then I decided, you know what? No, I can't quit yet. I, I stayed in it, and now I'm doing courses. I'm you know I'm, I have um, Nightlife University, which is where I I mainly dedicate my time to and um, training club promoters all around the world currently. Um, with this whole thing going on, there's a lot of it on pause. Um, but it's actually a good time. That, that's one of the things, the conversations I've been having with a lot of them. It is actually a good time to be prepared because the minute that this is over or semi over, for example, you see those people that are, you know, the guys that you're talking about, 50, 60 guys that are coming, you know, promoters from New York to Miami looking for opportunity. You have any idea how many promoters in Miami have quit because they just can't 
handle you know waiting or whatever it may they don't they don't know what's going to happen and uh, so yeah so i you know what i mean like i keep telling a lot of these guys like it's it's an evolution it's not the end of nightlife it is there might be you know and actually the evolution was coming from before this yeah this whole thing I mean, if you watch some of the episodes you, you you see how focused i am on ai about technology about the future of automation and the way i felt that the right. whole club would be automated in a couple next couple of years right. I, i think to your point about miami and people swapping in and out the problem with miami is that it's just like everybody's living on borrowed time man when you have so many people coming somewhere for a short time they're prone to do things they're not usually going to do so you have thousands they have hundreds of thousands of people coming into the city for four days only five days only literally willing to do anything all right i see you yeah. now but so i lost you when you said so you got you know people coming in for four days and after after that you got lost Yeah, so I was basically saying like it, it's so you know when when people come in for a short period of time and they know they're leaving, they're prone to do things that they're not usually doing. So you have a lot of people trying to be in the spotlight and willing to do anything for it for a short amount of time. Which right. means people are going to do anything to rock Giovanni. People are going to try to get that pencil, lie, cheat, uh, buy followers, buy buy more credit, buy Bitcoin, swap that for more credit. Whatever it is that they have to do that's shady, they're going to do it. So it creates a culture that that creates a lot of distrust and it creates a lot of trying to fit in and trying to be cool, which is a lot of a lot of reasons why a lot of them are depressed, anxious, you know, addicted to other stuff. So again, all these things lead to a really high-pressure industry that is extremely volatile right now. And it's on its pins and needles because people like that don't save money, people like that don't have property, people like that aren't thinking long term so you had a lot of people in a very short time be forced to go do yacht parties to go do poker games to go do you know all the other bullshit that they're doing like raffling off a designer on live doing all that why do you think they're doing that because they they need something they right. didn't think about a time like this you know correct that's miami though <laughs> oh man I, i i love this city but you you know you nailed it Well, I know there's also another other part. Like I know there's the other part that's extremely extreme like to the to a pure culture and, and I haven't gotten to experience that yet, but I know there is a whole other part to Miami. Right. So yeah, when when you when you come back, I'll 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 show you that on site. Just so you have an idea, we we I mean for us it's just going over the bridge. It's it's is that one bridge on on South Beach and the other side. You know, it's It's completely different, um, and and we don't understand it. Like, and I can tell you, I've lived here 30 years. I mean, uh, it may have been five years since I went to South Beach. What? And I am a club promoter, club owner, and, and I don't go over there. That's it's it's a complete um, tourist trap. Um, like Times Square in New York. Yeah, completely. Which is exactly where I go when I go to New York. I go straight to Times Square. You know what I mean? Like, and go straight to live on Sunday. <laughs> exactly. Um, but um, but yeah, no, it's it's it's. I'm sure every big city has has a little bit of that, you know. But but um, but 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 over here, it's it's crazy. I, I've heard different stories about the reasons why, and 
and it's also one of the one of those cities that uh, that is known for for people that uh, do something bad in their countries and end up they end up coming over here changing their names and you know yeah exactly a lot of scammers and all that kind of stuff um, yeah, I mean, it comes down to the mentality of a lot of people being somewhere for a short period of time. When when people are in that situation, they're really prone to do a lot of shit they're not usually going to do. Right. That really scares me the most, honestly. Let me ask you another thing. Do you, how do you feel about, I mean, let's let's say, let's say there's there's a vaccine and everybody takes it and we're all good and people can go out or they say, you know what, it's all gone. <laughs> Um, we go back to to what we were. How, you know, how hard is it, do you think, for people to actually come back? Meaning now, now also the financial side of it. When it comes to the clientele, like you calling a client, or actually a client calling you to RSVP a table before, and you trying to upsell them on on, on getting that you know uh, better VIP table or whatever. How much are you going to be pushing now, or you know, like? How bad is that going to be? Because that, that's one of my concerns. Yeah, I think I think you kind of said it earlier when you said um, the big cities are going to be affected by it. A lot of the big cities, uh, because they're so like dynamic, the outer cities to that city, like in New York, there's a lot of clubs in Jersey, a lot of clubs in Long Island, a lot of clubs in Yonkers, and they emulated what we have in New York. They created bottle service, they created confetti and all that, the whole show. They booked the biggest DJ. So we already have less people coming into the city so if we don't have the tourism and if we don't have the business if jp morgan isn't spending two hundred thousand three hundred thousand dollars a year you know servicing their clients on fucking black cards if that industry is gone the business it's going to be very hard for the little guy to bounce back as i said tau group will be fine but right. we're not man the small business is not going to be able to bounce back as easy i don't see people going out like that people right. don't have money like that bro i don't know why people think everybody has money Right. People do not have money. It's right. I don't I don't get it. People don't have money. I'm like, I'm, I'm tired of saying it, and, and, and everybody's like the economy is amazing. People are doing great. I'm like, no, I'm I'm at the clubs and I know money. what's going on. Yeah. And it mind blows me that everybody thinks everybody has money. And if you if you like look at the culture, it's like oh I'll cash him, I'll cash app him, and he cashed up to you. No one ever has cash. No one ever right. has actual money. No one says that's my car. I paid it off. They say, "Oh, I leased it from him." No one says that's my property. I'm working on a mortgage. You say that's my rent, but you know, I have sixty thousand on my neck. It's just we we're all fucked up in the priorities and what we're trying to do as an industry right now. And small business is going to take the biggest hit, bro. We're going to take the biggest hit, and it is what it is, man. The strong will survive, I guess. Right. Were you able to get any help from? No. Yeah. I got. Zero dollars. Yeah. And uh, how long have you been since you know, not working? Oh, I haven't been working since March 15th. March 15th was my last event. That was St. Patrick's Day. We did a really big loss on that event because no one was really allowed to go. They did right. like 50% capacity or something. I don't know. It was We were allowed to open, but I don't know. That was the last day. So it's been, I think, I think almost 65, 70 days. And the first... 55 days I was alone in my apartment nobody came in I was all social media I just felt like I didn't have anything to offer to be honest right let me ask you one last question um, regarding the, the, the business and it's 
have you had any conversations with the venues where you were working at uh, in regards to you coming back or or are they thinking of doing this by themselves? Because that's also, also something that could ha happen. Yeah, I mean, in New York, the kind of the model is there's not many, many promoters that can do it. Like there's only like four or five that really do what I do. Meaning like that aren't working in Tau Group, that aren't working. Like as you, you were saying this in your in one of your interviews where like the, the new promoter like take flats and you know, they all just take a flat in a room. Yeah, I don't do that shit. So mm -hmm. I take a full night, I'm doing the whole, I'm getting 25% off the door, 25% off the bar, full, the whole door is mine, you know, blah, 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 whatever the contract is. Right. But the night is mine. I'm theming it, I'm doing the flyers, I'm booking the DJs, booking the artists, doing everything. Maybe I partner with someone once in a while. But that being said, because I have that ability to do that, I'm going to be fine because I can go anywhere, pop up and just do it. It's really, not, I, I built my name up to that point. The problem is those flat promoters are now going to get lied to even more. So remember before when they were lying about tallies, when they were lying about bookings, when they were lying, that shit is going to, they're going to play with it even more now. They're going to, they're going to open that bitch up because they know how desperate people are. So they're going right. to really play with numbers. They're going to really lower that, you know, that, that flat. And they're going to say, if you don't like it, man, there's 80 other guys right behind you. Right. So you know, for the guys who didn't find something that was brandable, though, for the guys that didn't find something that was marketable, for the guys that wanted to stand one man in front of 10 girls in a club instead of trying to pack out the entire club, those people are going to struggle heavy right now. Definitely. Definitely. All right, man. Jason, thank you so much for, nah, for being here today, man. I, you know, I know you have nothing to do anyway. Nah. <laughs> uh, that was bad. Um, uh, but no, man, it, it, it's definitely a pleasure. I, I love hearing from people that not new in the industry, but, but definitely newer and that are doing the right thing and going in the right direction. And, and, you know, I, I, I love, I like the energy now <laughs> that I, I had long and ago. Likewise, I really, I really do like the fact that you're doing it educationally. Like you're not doing it that much more opinionated as in like, listen, this is what I've learned from the mistakes of others. Right. Let me teach you what not to do. Let me teach you what to do. So it's pretty cool. Thank you. All right. Come on. Thank you. Um, so can you tell people where they can find you in New York and, and meaning your Instagram and all those things? So if you guys have Twitter, follow me at TJE Nightlife. Um, if you guys have Instagram at the Jason Experience, Facebook, the Jason Experience as well. It's basically it. Oh, and go podcast? check out our podcast. Go check out the podcast on YouTube at Industry Talk. We interviewed Funk Flex, DJ Camelo, DJ Enough, Mel DeBarge, a bunch of big guys. Um, we're also releasing a bunch of documentaries coming out on that page, so stay tuned for that. And if you want to find our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, again, it's just Industry Talk. So Definitely. I'll, I'll put all the links below. Um, guys, and you know where to find me. You get the book on Amazon. You find all the courses and everything at nightlife.university and you find the podcast at nightlifepodcast.com and myself on Instagram as the nightlife entrepreneur and see you guys next week. Salud, thank you for having me. Thank you, boss. <laughs>